with a bang, another dose of MMA audio. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell. Back one more time talking UFC 247 with you this week. Look, here's the deal, folks, all right? The SOC's blowing up. It's expanding. It, well, in some ways, it's it's diminishing, right? We got rid of the fake sport, pro wrestling. We're doubling down on all things box and MMA. So you were able to check out and listen to our ultimate UFC 247 preview on Wednesday with myself, the Hall of Famer, Sugar Rashad Evans. That's me bringing that heat. That's me bringing that heat. Oh, he brought that heat. He brought that heat. He's an earthquake survivor. So what do we have for you right now today on this Friday? How about the debut of a new episode we're putting around? Expert Picks. What's that concept? We're going to break it all down and get into that. And also remind you, we got you covered on the front side. We got you covered on the back end side. And we got you covered after the fights, UFC 247 on Saturday from Houston. It is, of course, John Jones, Dominic Reyes in your main event for the light heavyweight title. Instant analysis pod right after the action closes. We're coming in hard, hot, and heavy, invading your ear holes with that one and only performance-enhancing audio. Uh, BC's here sitting next to me in Stanford, Connecticut, at our CBS Sports studio. The Brandon Wise, Connecticut resident, South Florida with love, face the pain. He's a Jorge Masvidal superfan. Brandon, how's it going, bro? I'm doing good, BC. You know, it's been a great day today. It's a... supposed to be pretty bad tomorrow i'm surprised you actually made the trip out here today you you were you you braved the elements as they say i did i did i need to get out of the house because i'll be in it all day tomorrow <laughs> uh snow blowing shoveling working all that good stuff uh freezing rain is in the forecast yeah yeah that's the northeast where actually this winter's been great actually. yeah you should knock on wood when you say i will that because, because uh apparently the uh the groundhog punxatawney phil saw his shadow or something i don't know whatever whatever's the good thing of that equation right walks out i can't can't saw his crotch for the first i don't know how <laughs> that works but uh apparently we're getting we're it's been great it's been what i think i only snow blowed twice this winter i mean that's fantastic he was able to put a shirt on today like i've not seasonal depression since january this is great what <laughs> month we in all right uh Brandon Wise is with us, of course, number 65 in your scorebooks, uh, North Boca High, all state left tackle, number one in your heart. None of um, that's accurate. All right. But, Brandon, here's the deal. All right. We broke things down with Rashad. Great guy. Love that guy. By the way, you, you know what I want to get Rashad to break down? Did you see that when Kamaru Usman was on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, like in the past couple months? Maybe it was. Maybe it, was it was like two weeks ago. It was? Yes. they did. He did another episode with him. Did you did you watch that that, that whole weed st- weed story he was talking about? No. Oh, you got to specifically type that in, and there's like a excerpt from that interview. It's like ten minutes long, and it's Kamaru talking about his history of getting high. And there's this great story with him and Rashad. We got to get Rashad's side of it. We got to go hang out with Rashad. Okay, we've got to make this happen only in states where it's legal. Thank you. I'm only I'm I'm kidding a little bit. All right. Um, <laughs> So what is our expert picks edition? Well, here's the deal. We make picks at CBSSports.com. I'm sure you've often read our our MMA pieces, our expert picks from our team, and we're competitive about it behind the scenes here. It's guys like Brandon Wise, our boy Jack Crosby, who, of course, you know from the SOC Wrestling Pod, our producers of the podcast game like Mikey Mormile, Matt Coca. We got Brent Brookhouse, a, a, uh, a great voice and personality on our site these days. 
And uh, we've decided to put our money where our mouth is and not only make these standings public, not only make them matter, but maybe throw a little competitive aspect in there where ahead of a big fight, we're going to pick the five fights on the main card. All of us, like we always do. You can read that story on CBSSports.com this week ahead of UFC 247. And whichever gentleman, Brandon, is able to win that week. I don't know. Do we have a tiebreaker system built in? Yeah, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Whichever gentleman is able to win that earns his seat on the next Expert Picks pod ahead of the big event. Now, Brandon, talk to the people about what the 2019 standings look like. Oh, why would you? You are such a jerk. You just want me to boost your ego because you won on the last game on the last card and you had a great day. And blah, blah, blah. You know, a lot of people were talking about that Albuquerque parlay, but it never really worked <laughs> out last July there with John and Holly. But hey, you know, I've, I've been on a run. I've been on a roll. Yeah, I, you were on a roll last week. I, I didn't am know the that. champion, my friends. All really? right? How did you do on the first card of the year, sir? Uh, which which card was that? Uh, that would be the Conor McGregor Donald Cerrone. Hey, card. I got I had Conor. All right. Oh, let, congratulations, let the, let the you and everybody right else. All right, let the record show that what his I his chin is deteriorating. Yeah, my picks though are on fire. Why? But you trying to say what, what? Give me, give me, give me the rundown on who won. I would just say that uh, there was only one person that went five and zero, oh, and there's a reason that he's the one currently talking. Well, Brandon on this Wise podcast. did go five and zero oh at UFC two four six which puts him in the hot seat this time around. We're going to break that down. We're going to look at uh, the you know a little bit of the latest news that came out over the past couple of days. Have a little fun later with fill in the blank a debut segment this time around uh, where I'll, you know, I'll be able to tell Brandon Wise straight up whether he's right or wrong on a number of interesting questions. But uh, Brandon, uh, I just got back from Disney World, brother. That's that was your your area of the world down there. It's my area of the world. It's not where I'm from. Don't do well, that. Yeah, but Boca's pretty close to uh, Orlando. No, close enough. It's three hours away. I disappointed you by not getting the turkey leg. I'm very upset about. I this. mean, look, it's like a thirteen dollar investment, which is fine. Whatever. I mean, they rape. They rape. They raw pay you. They get you. Okay. They get you price wise. All right. You had burgers every day instead. Yeah, in the food court. But um, <laughs> I, you know, if you're if you're out there and you're thinking about doing Disney right, you know, um, and staying at the resorts, you know, which is fun, you got to use uh like an Amazon Prime or like a Walmart type thing to deliver to the resort because you can't be eating that food every meal, bro. It'll kill you. Walmart kill delivers you. food. A lot of these places are delivering. I was watching the deliveries left and right. We had water, bottled water delivered, and then we were like, man, we should be having prepared food delivered. Where did you stay? At the Port Orleans Riverside Hotel inside on the Disney con. But you, you know, get the, like a you get a meal prep or we didn't do the meal way. plan. We didn't. So we kinda effed ourselves, all right? I'm sorry. I mean, that's what it's literally made for is for families like you going to Disney to Bro, save When money. I walk out <laughs> me stepping foot on Disney is a lot like me stepping foot in the octagon. I have one thing on my mind, all right? Let me bang with somebody. Let somebody stand wow, up. Wow, wow, okay, not that, not that. I'm just ready to do business. I'm ready to have fun, and I didn't plan it out well. So, yeah, I ate too much. But here's the thing about that turkey leg, though. Like, you know, I, I looked it over. I'm like, you know, am I ready to do this? I mean, it looks great, but that's a hell of an investment. I'm not even talking about money. Like, it's, you know, I compare it to a candy apple. You take, like, one bite. Oh, this is great. Take, take, but this is great. Third bite. Like, oh, man, do I really have to eat this whole thing? I don't know after about three fight, bites of that turkey whether I can stay with that. And what freaking animal is that, Brandon? No animals have legs like that that are in the turkey family. What kind of steroids are they doing behind the scenes there? 
I mean, yeah, I made the joke that I'm pretty sure it's just chicken that they've stuck to a, a giant bone of some sort to make it look like turkey. But you're the same guy who, after a big fight, will go to a pizza shop and buy an entire pizza, yet you won't make the investment to eat a single turkey leg, in quotation marks. Any, anyway, Brandon, I did have beers all around the world at Epcot. It was a good run we had. When what, I'm was at, your, what was your favorite? Uh, beers? Of the beers around the world, yeah. I actually had a nice, uh, I'm not a big Blondale guy, but I had one in Italy that I was really rocking out to. So shout out to that. And the Italian fellow who sold it to me who does not like American women, bro. <laughs> Just not having a good time during his one year sojourn here in the States. Um, Brandon, uh, to close on this Disney adventure, I don't know how many times you've been there. I mean, it's like your old backyard. I've been there five separate trips in the last 10 years. That doesn't mean like a week long. That means sometimes like, you know, one day or whatever, because when you work at ESPN, there were was a there was a you know benefits fringe package of nice free passes but uh what do you think is the best ride on disney soil the four main parks what's the best damn ride see i haven't been there in probably three or four years so i haven't seen the new star wars and i haven't seen this new avatar ride that they yeah just it's not open in. yet but yeah or no, no it, I, is. Oh, it is open at animal king yeah i didn't go to animal kingdom this time. so i haven't seen those two but the ones that i've been on i like soaring the best Ah, Soren's a great ride. I mean, it, I can't argue with that. It's not better though than the Rock and Roller Coaster, the Aerosmith ride. At, That's at, yeah, I like the Rock and Roller Coaster. The too. Everest Roller Coaster at Animal Kingdom. I mean, come on, brother. All right. No, Everest I mean, isn't that great. The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at the Animal at the Magic Kingdom. Now that's uh, that's enough. That's that, a new one. That's too. a per- it came out a couple years ago. I, I went on that in like 2016. That's a perfect roller coaster because I'm old now. I'm 40. I'm like, well, I'm a little washed. I don't know if anyone knows this, but well, 41, a little washed. Uh, I, my brain scrambles easy now. Yeah, I don't you, you also got sick on the roller coaster in Vegas. So uh, yeah. So what I'm saying is I can't do rides anymore, and they are constructing these new Disney roller coasters so freaking smooth that anyone, child, old person, washed, middle-aged man, anyone can go on it and just feel great. So I enjoyed that a lot, but I did do, to close here, Brandon, at uh, Star Wars, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, they have that new Star Wars land, and it's a friggin' S-show to try to get in there. You have to wake up at 5 a.m. You got to be at the park at 6 a.m. It opens at 7. The second it opens, you got to be in the front of the line. You got to hit the app at the right time for a chance to get on the Rise of the Resistance ride. And if you don't get in the in the two minutes that you're hitting the button, you can't go on it. There's no lines. There's no fast passes. It's like this secret society to get in there, right? You got to wear like a Tom Cruise eyes wide shut mask and walk in pantsless. Anyway, the ride is freaking epic. It's worth it. There's like six different stages to it. You feel like you're part of the movie. The people that work there act like they're like empire soldiers who like talk down to you as rebel scum. It's like a whole role playing thing. It's, it's very interesting. Is it? So it sounds like the great movie ride, just like, 10 times more intense and in depth. Yes. And, and you, and you get in different vehicles and there's different moments. It's great. It's great. Anyone that's going to waste their, I mean, spend all their money on it uh, <laughs> for their kids. Uh, you know, you do it for the kids. You do it for the children. Wu Tang is for the children. Indeed. All right. We're going to take a pause for the cause and come back on the other end. It is expert picks. It's UFC 247. It's Caitlin Chukagi in fight week. Get fired up. And we're back. BCB dubs the state of combat UFC 247 expert picks edition. Brandon, before we get into the expert picks on this main card, I want to just sprinkle a couple latest news pieces by you. Of course, Rashad and I broke down the the rumors of uh, Dana going out there and saying what International Fight Week will look like. Jorge. And Usman, a lot of stuff to debate about that. But let's get into some of these other things that slipped through the crack. Are you fired up, yay or nay, for Hector Lombard's BKFC 10 debut on February 15th in your old stopping grounds of Fort Lauderdale? 
Oh, God. Only if he's fighting this guy with an actual cowboy hat yeah, on in David the ring. David Mundell. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not my real question. Uh, John Jones on the, I don't know if you've been watching the pre-fight, the countdowns, the embeddeds, all that stuff. John Jones claims the beef with DC is over. Bro, I'm going to call foul on that because didn't John Jones on Monday with Ariel Hawani go on this long rant about how he's ready to fight Stipe now? Like, next fight, no tune-ups, bro. That's a undercutting of your biggest rival, DC. Yeah, so apparently it wasn't actually that in-depth. It was like some a fan asked him to sign something. The back of the, of the fan's uh, memorabilia said blank DC on it. FDC. And you, can say the, you can say F on the show. <laughs> and Jones said, but my beef with DC is over. So that was really the extent nah, of him saying the beef is over. It, it ain't over. It ain't never over, bro. Okay, you know what I mean? A lot of things work, you know, for, for DC. My dick works for sure, but uh, that thing's still going to live on forever, okay? So thank you, please. Brandon, uh, gun to your head. Will they ever fight again? I'm dead. <laughs> I didn't answer fast enough. Um, I No. Yeah, it's looking less and less likely as you read the tea leaves. DC staying, saying he, DC saying he wants to pay one more Trace, time. Trace, Trace, one more time, and then retire. And yeah, all right, thank you. Hey, uh, Ronda Rousey was back in the news in MMA. Oddly enough, I know a lot of people are wondering exactly where she's been. Right? What Ronda Rousey financing? Uh, yeah, that's not making you smile at all. Wow, look at that. Look at that. I wish that people could see this. Uh, Ronda, of course, you know, had a great year in WWE, took some time off to try to start a family, does really weird YouTube videos and, <laughs> and videos on her website that I don't uh, really recommend her seeing. But she did a video on Steve-O's, did an interview with Steve-O on her YouTube page in which she's essentially said she's not going to commit to I'll never fight again. But she no longer feels the pressure to prove that she's the best ever. Now, Brandon, she went on to say, you know, other stuff. Look, she's 32 years old. So here's the deal. Okay. She, no, she doesn't have anything to prove to anybody like that. That's true. Um, is there any scenario, though, in which you care? I mean, you probably don't care. But is there any, uh, is there any scenario in which you could see her coming back? I think there's only one. And it's the first loss of her career. It's proving to people that the Holly Holm fight was a fluke and proving that she made mistakes and that she's learned from those mistakes and that she doesn't need to stand and strike for whatever reason her coach told her to stand and strike. If she's able to actually get in there, bro, she could outbox Floyd Mayweather. You don't, I don't God, hope you remember please. those times. All right, bro. I hope you remember the, those. That might've been the you worst. Say Oh, no, you won't. Oh, what Whoa. language. Uh, he wasn't talking about Rhonda. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. He might hit a woman. He won't talk bad about her, though. All right? Oh, God. Oh, um, delete that comment. Thank you. Thank you. I texted CJ Watson, not her. All right. Anyway, keep going, Brandon. Yeah, it would just be that because she she might still be a top five phantom weight. Dude, I think, look, the the... Women's straw weight is the second best division in all of MMA. It's amazing. I love it. It's deep. It's their killers in there. 25, 35, and 45. There's nobody, Brandon, after the top two or three fighters. We know this. That one specialized skill. She's 32 years old. She's still in great shape, not far off from that WWE run. Just that one specialized skill alone, I think she could tap out more than half of the fighters in those three divisions. Yeah. because and But... That again, that speaks to what you're saying, though, that the depth isn't there and the growth of the sport, I think, as a whole still gives you pause to be like, 
could she still stand stay in there with these fighters that are not top level strikers? You know, that are more well rounded MMA fighters that she could use that one skill that she's excellent at to grapple and then get an arm bar. You know, you made a great point to me uh, off camera about, you know, someone like Jermaine Durand to me would be like the worst possible matchup. Somebody's tough, tall, long, accurate, powerful. Anyone who can find her chin early could just expose like some of those broken mental side of her. I mean, that, that, that's not a, that's not a soft way of saying it, but you know, we, we all know what she went through after the loss to home, lost her invincibility, went on the Ellen show it, you know, admitted her battle with, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts and all that. And we certainly, are, you know, don't take that lightly and wish her well through that. But, you know, she hasn't stood up like a fallen champion in, in the way that you would want her to. It would be all about like, so if you keep her away from a striker, it's possible. But I don't think she ever wants to. And I like to see her, these comments, some of these comments are good that she's getting comfortable with her place in history. And she's getting comfortable with, you know, what she accomplished and, you know, and, and time won't do well to her legacy. She'll always be that starlet and always be that face and that legitimate pay-per-view star who made women's fighting on a high level possible. But she's a specialist, Brandon. She's she's Royce Gracie. And every day that we see these more evolved fighters, she couldn't last today. The question is, though, she's still so young at 32. And if she comes back and wrestles and stays that physical and that in that great shape and she got in tremendous shape to wrestle with WWE, I mean, is there a scenario in which there's something enticing to make it happen? I still think only like a Gina Carano type super bout with like the, you know, I'm fighting the early pioneer and we're two hot chicks and Carano's older than me and hasn't fought in an even longer time and maybe really wasn't all that great to begin with. If there's a lot of money for that and it could be Ronda going out on her own terms, that could always be in play. But unless she's fighting a washed Holly... I don't see her ever in a in an act ever want or need to step up in a, in a real fight unless Amanda Nunez got the heck out of the sport and whoever was the new champion at bantamweight just looked beatable to her, right? Yeah, I mean, you like the comments. I think the comments are just garbage. To be honest with you, like to be to be the woman to say that I'm I'm comfortable with my status as the greatest women's mixed martial artist of all time is just lying to yourself <laughs> like so evidently lying I mean, to yourself uh, that Brandon, she's third right she's third in women's mma she's she's the third greatest female fighter of all so time right? two. chris cyborg yeah although look obviously cyborg's got some she's periods, got holes in her game periods too. of her resume where uh she wasn't fighting all killer but and it was also there was also the, always the debate of if if ronda gets cyborg to the ground does she finish her because you don't know what Cyborg's ground game looks like at that point against somebody that's specialized. Uh, if if if, uh, if 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 was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Yes, I'm aware. If, if Boogie Woman comes tomorrow, Brandon. Boogie Woman is coming tomorrow, and she doesn't know what's coming. I know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> I know who what's coming. Not who. <laughs> what? Not who? Uh, Brandon, if Boogie Woman uh, becomes a two time champion, the person I know. At, no, bro. I know <laughs> you, you're mis- You're completely. Taking my words out of context, uh, if Bo- if Boogie Woman becomes a two time champion and beats Whaley Zhang, does she like? I mean, at some point, does she pass Ronda, or does Ronda oh, will always have that sort of like Tyson like dominant run where you're like, dude, you can't you can't undervalue that. I mean, if, she was freaking dominant. If bro. Joanna puts together another run, yes, not not her. If she beats Whaley Zhang, she's not passing Ronda. So she needs to beat Rose to pass Ronda, is what you're saying? <laughs> sure. Oh god! I, I just me. I don't know. I man. love me some women's straw weight. They're just the best. I just to me, it's just like 
Rhonda gets that place in history, but she's also like just so notoriously not good away from the camera because she won't do media. Like that was my biggest art issue with all of the whole the whole comeback for her against Amanda was like she refused to do media before the fight. Fight week she did no media. She didn't go to the press events. She didn't have she didn't give anybody access. She didn't answer those questions like you said. Then gets knocked out in two minutes. The hell out. Runs out of the ring, does no post fight interviews, does nothing. It's like you want us to think of you in this great light, but you also won't admit when you made mistakes and have lost. And it's just like, that's fine for you. You can be that person. At least even Connor's like owned up to some of his losses now, man. Like, come on. That's true. Connor, the Connor's like the best loser ever. I know every time I say that people get mad at me and say he makes excuses and the real best losers ever are people like, uh, Dom Cruz or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. Okay. I don't care. I don't care what you people think anyway. Right. <laughs> you don't care. I don't care. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about her though? Managing, she has her own management team now and she's managing 22 year old Edmund Shabazi in the middleweight prospect phenom manager coached by her former head movement coach Edmund Tarverdian. Uh she claims in that same story on ESPN.com that Edmund's Edmund Shabazian is going to break John Jones's record as the youngest UFC champion, bro. He would have to do it within the next year. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, you got Israel Adesanya waiting there. Plus, we've never seen you all Romero lose yet, actually. <laughs> so you know, you never know. He would have to win. On. He would have to win two more times at least this year, and then fight Israel at the end of this year or beginning of next year. It's yeah. it's not happening. Yeah, I love I love you indeed, right? I love you. See you soon, boy. Bye. All right, Brandon. Um, wow, double double football. No, that's to the. Me. That's the Bisbing. Oh, that's yeah, what that's yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, you don't have to get mad. About you need it. to know the reference if you're going to drop it. I mean, I'm, I go pick it up. I dropped it. Brandon, <laughs> um, Jake Paul, I know you don't care, had a boxing knockout on DAZN over Super Bowl weekend. I, I don't think we should care at all. To Bell, even though he's going to fight KS1 or KSI, KC101. <laughs> shout out to that radio station in Hamden, Connecticut. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Brandon. They're YouTubers, all right? Do you think I care? Do you think I, I know who they are? Do you think I, I want to know anything more about them? Where, where's uh, where's uh, Triple G's old trainer? Can we bring him in here for an exclusive take on this? Who the hell is that? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. No, those are YouTubers. Oh, I don't know who those guys are. I'm not, I'm not on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on YouTube. Thank you, Abel Sanchez. Um, So, Brandon, the whole point of this is that... Um, he might offend his brother's loss in boxing against KS, KC 101. Um, but Logan Paul uh, got in the face of Antonio Brown, and they did, like, this awkward face-off. And then is talking about, hey, you know, I, I, you know, I got that wrestling background. I want to make my MMA debut. I think Bellator's the perfect home. Where's Scott Coker? And then suddenly Scott Coker is tweeting out pictures of them together. Brandon, we know Bellator's history. You love that famous fight with Dada five thousand and Kimbo. What was it? The, the what was the stipulation? First guy to first guy's heart to stop loses. That's the they can make the House of Horrors fun. Would you pop one time for uh, Logan Paul in MMA? Would you care? Would you get into it? Would you? No. Would At you? some point, that that death joke's gonna die in a, a fiery death with you. Um, no, I would not. The only you know how you would get me in. How about this wolf tickets? You sign Michael Bisbing to a one-fight contract, and you make him fight without his plastic eye. 
Oh my god! With an eye patch, make him wear an eye patch. Have <laughs> <laughs> a pirate fight? Where is this going here? Uh, and the other guy gets to wear a hook. Is that for a hand? Is that where we're going with this? Wow! Wow! All right then. So I guess you won't care, right? No. Bellator will make me care one time about this, and I'll I'm sure you it. will. But you didn't care about the fight this week, so why would you care about that in the next one? All right, we're in R- Disney this weekend. Ronda Rousey versus Logan Paul right now in MMA. Please. Come on. Please move on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Brandon. Other other news. Uh, Anthony Smith talking about he would have gotten his finger amputated if it meant he needed to to keep fighting. I don't know. I mean, okay, cool, right? Sure. You know the best thing Anthony Smith ever did not win the heavyweight cha- or the light heavyweight championship by disqualification. So thank you, Lionheart Anthony Smith. We could have been talking about Lionheart versus Dominic Reyes this weekend. How about that? <sighs> yeah. Um, Brandon, um, any takeaways? Speaking of UFC 247 from the uh, embedded and countdowns we referenced it earlier, I've been watching. Um, yeah. All right. No. I mean, it was really just that that John is now saying openly that he thinks fighting Stipe next would make the most sense for him. But outside of that, I mean, embedded never really gives Here's you what's anything. weird about that. Um, did I don't know if you listened to the media conference call this week that Jones and Reyes did. Okay, well, I did, brother, all right? And they asked Jones about his future and about the Stipe comments, and he's like, look, you know, I want to fight two more times this year. A second fight's going to be internationally. And then they were like, whoa, hold what are you talking about, John? What, what? And he's like, you know, Australia, man. I've always wanted to fight in Australia. And then somebody rightfully jumped in. They were like, hey, John, like, does, you know, we know you're doing this Adesanya trash talk thing. Wouldn't that make sense that you'd fight Adesanya your next fight then in Australia? And he's like, well, it doesn't necessarily mean Adesanya. Um, I think that whole heavyweight talk right now is just more him trying to F with DC. But obviously, dude, I would leap out of my chair to get John at heavyweight. That's that's where he needs to be. Um, do you have any say on whether you think Adesanya, if he beats Romero, should, should they, they should compromise or consummate this thing and, and make it happen while the window is there? No. All right. That's why people I just, re- rely on you for the in-depth analysis. Uh, tell yeah. me tell me what Adesanya does better than John Jones right now. Talk. Okay. Great. Sure he's better Fortnite player. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I'm 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 kind of I mean like if if they did it Adesanya's such a special talent that I you know, I'd watch it. I I'd, I'd, I'd care that he had a chance to do it and he'd become a star by doing it, but Dude, he's willing to fight the best at middleweight. So let's see it. Let's see him beat Romero. Let's see him beat Whitaker again. Let's see him beat Paul, your boy, that male model, Paula Costa. Let's see him Cannoneer. beat Cannoneer. Let's see him beat Edmund Shabazian, right? Let's see him beat Rousey's husband Dude, in an like, open weight fight, right? Let's see him beat everybody, okay? But it's like, that's the other thing, though, is like, light heavyweight is depleted as hell right now. There's nobody left for John. Corey Anderson. Middleweight has just replenished itself with a whole bunch of new names that are start people are starting to care about. Why would you then jump up in light to light heavyweight to dare to be great when you don't need to, when you have plenty of important fights that you can still make right now at 185? Like, that's my more reasoning is like, there's Israel has so many things he can do right now that are not John Jones. You don't need John Jones to make yourself a star. You keep telling me that Israel Adesanya is a star already. He's a star, bro. He's a star. Then why do you think you need John Jones's rub? Well, there's a difference between stardom and superstardom, bro, okay? John Jones even hasn't always been a superstar, right? A superstar. Like, he's been a star, but, like, there's times that... I mean, sometimes his missteps have helped him leap into superstardom. But, uh, you know, what I love about Asanya is that he's done it in a short window, and he's done it the hard way, which is 
by beating guys you're not supposed to do. That's how you really become a star. All the talking stuff will, will help him. And he can, dude, he can talk. He's a hell of an interview. I just don't think he's been exposed yet on the level he needs to be. He will be. He will be. He's had the kind of win. I mean, look, he was the fighter of the year last year, Brandon, whether you're, you know, ever going to understand that or not. Okay. He's probably going to be the fighter of the year this year as well. Okay. He's, you know, he's, he might be the best fighter ever. No, I'm kidding. No, you're um, telling me McGregor's going to be the fighter of the year this year. <clears throat> no, because he's going to lose one of the three. Oh, interesting. Now he's going to lose one of these fights. You didn't tell me he was going to lose one of these fights. Uh, dude, he's going to lose to Habib in the rematch. Okay. I mean, it, it is what it is. All right. But that's why you got to do that now. So you get the 4 million pay-per-view buys. Look, I know business. Hey, speaking of Connor, now Dave Meltzer saying it's 1 million buys. I thought he said it was the equivalent of 2 million buys for Connor Cowboy. What's happening? So it's not him reporting this. This was from Bob Iger, you know, your old boss over there. At, oh, at, at Disney. Disney. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. had a conference call today reporting numbers and said that they saw a growth of 500,000 ESPN Plus subscriptions from that fight. Dude, they have 6.6 million subscribers. So reportedly. they jumped up to 7 from 7.2, I think. From Damn. That fight. And they're saying that that, that growth on top of the price for the pay-per-view resulted in like 70 million or or nearly 100 million just in in buys from the fight. So that's why they're saying a million pay-per-view buys. Which again, like you said, you keep telling me which I still don't understand it equates to what to well, I million. keep telling you. I told you one time that Dave <laughs> Meltzer said that of the, you know, the pay-per-view expert from the Wrestling Observer and MMA Fighting. But uh yeah, whatever. Okay, bro, it's big business and uh hey Disney Plus apparently has like 26 million subscribers. Yeah. Wow, dude, are you a subscriber? Yes, we did the bundle. Of what? They did when they first opened Disney Plus, they did a bundle where you can get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for like 13 bucks a month. Are you serious for how long? For the year. For it's month to month. All right, I'm going to cancel Hulu and ESPN Plus and then rebundle, is that legal yeah. or no? Yeah, you can. That's how we did it. I had to, I canceled my subscription and then redid it with this. Under. All right, so what? Tell me about Disney Plus real quick. Uh, you know, I'm not like a big, you know, like Disney cartoon movie fan, but uh, I mean, what do you? It's got all of your Star Wars stuff on it. Okay, I can watch Marty Ducks one. <laughs> well, that I mean they have all of the all of the Marvel stuff. They have all of Discovery. Uh, National Geographic is on there. Have you seen the third Mighty Ducks? Yes. You think I grew up in that era? Do you dude. think Charlie with that with that smart chick? Do you think he? Uh, this is what your takeaway from the movie I always wondered. Is. You know, I always wondered if he had finishing. Like Banks, Banks would have done it. Banks would have scored on that. He would have, Banks would have slipped one if, past the goalie. Right? Oh, my God. Banks is a stud, bro, okay? I know he was out of district and whatever, but uh, Bank, that that was the real star of that. Like, Charlie was the star they forced on us, but it's really like the movies are really about Adam no, Banks. The star of the movie is Goldberg. No, but Goldberg sucks. <laughs> you know who sucks worse than Goldberg? Those Bash Bros. Like, come on. Are you kidding? Dude. The Bash Bros are so... See, here's the deal. The Bash Bros in the second movie is the best here's part of the that deal. movie. I've watched the movies a million times, but I'm a little bit too old for the second movie. So, first movie came out, I was still prime age. When the second movie came out, I was a little bit too, like, big for my britches and think, oh, well, that's a that's more of a kid movie. And when I saw the Bash Bros, I'm like, this is so forced and lame. I've grown to love it. My kids love all the movies, but... uh. The Bash Bros are still kind of lame, bro. How are they lame? I'll take the Knuckle Puck, dude. I'm down with that guy, right? It's Keenan Thompson. I'm from SNL. It's my guy. Good Burger. That's my guy. Oh, right he's there. from all that, sir. If you're going to quote the 90s references, he was all that, and then they pulled him into SNL. All that. Was that Amanda Bynes before she went crazy? Yeah. She was, she was, there was there were periods where she was pretty hot, right? <laughs> or she had that show with Jenny Garth, right? 
Why am I the only one allowed to talk about stuff? Aren't we supposed to be talking about expert picks on this show? (laughs) All right. So, Brandon, that'll wrap up the news. Let's look at 247. Of course, it's on pay-per-view, ESPN Plus, whatever you want to call it. Houston, this Saturday. Brandon, this is one of the worst pay-per-view cards of all time. Like, that's not hyperbole. That's not me being mean. That's not. That's just the damn truth. So, the main card kind of is what it is. Not really that strong. Prelims are worse. Give me a storyline. You know, that you care about. Give me a fighter, a fight. Give me something to care about for you, the fan. Not me, the fan. Me, the fan. I'll get down with KGB Lee and Lauren Murphy. That's fine. I'll watch that ish. Rashad thinks there's some young kid that he trained with on the undercard that's going to be the next Adam Borch. That's great. What do you care about? His name is Miles Johns, you moron. Um, No, the fight I actually care about the most on this card is your boy, uh, the septic tank. Mursad Bektik. No, I have prelims, bro. Prelims here. There's nothing okay? on the prelims. Then answer nothing, and we'll move on to the expert picks <laughs> portion of this show. 240, right? 246 at least gave you the Macy Barber, Roxanne Montefiore fight. Yes. This gives you nothing, nothing like that. This is not a good investment outside of, like, I got to see if John Jones loses to Dom Reyes or not, right? That's the deal. I mean, Shevchenko is is like a, you know, you got to put down $4 million to make a to make $100 on Shevchenko in this fight. So let's get into the picks. Let's break it down. It's a main card, and it opens up. And look, if you're going to say one thing possible, Positive, though, about this card. These main card bouts are not great, but there is potential for action. There is potential for sloppy action, too, if you like it extra sloppy, and you know I do. Uh, there's potential for this one to be extra sloppy. It's Derek Lewis at heavyweight against your boy, Beefy Latifi, who had, of course, a painful end to his run at 205, but he's always game. Rashad liked the idea in our breakdown our ultimate preview on Wednesday of Latifi at heavyweight using speed and wrestling to maybe be a problem because he's a, he's a hard-nosed bulldog and a rock uh what are the odds Brandon? you have the odds in front of you you have the, have the trusty odds in front of you I do hold on one second you know I identified a, a fear for Derek Lewis that like uh, you know I don't think he cares about winning you know what I mean like he just goes out there to bang goes out there to have some fun he likes to say funny things in interviews. I don't think he's like completely focused and dialed in. I mean, that's that's what we that's Derek Lewis, bro, right? Yeah, he can land a home run punch against uh, Nikolai Volkov there with one second to go in the fight. Uh, but Brandon, what are the odds here? He's three to one favorite. He's minus three hundred. Ilir is plus two forty. <sighs> to me, this is more of a toss up than that. I like I get why people are saying that that Derek is such a heavy favorite because it's a it's a light heavyweight moving up who's got a, a really rough stretch in his last few fights who's been knocked out he's not big as it is he's a he's a wide heavy he's a wide light heavyweight but he's not a big heavyweight i just don't know man like latifi's still got power in those hands like he does. that's not going away there's a reason his nickname is the sledgehammer and he likes to ride horses without a shirt on for some reason that, <laughs> with that... no saddle just bareback <laughs> um this is going to be, to me, this would be the most fun fight on the card, honestly. Like, I wouldn't personally bet on this just because I'd want to be able to enjoy the hellaciousness of this fight. But I would take Derek Lewis just because I can't trust Ilir. I can't trust the chin until I see what he looks like at heavyweight when he's not cutting as much weight as he was. Because did you see that story about how he was cutting during fight week still, even in his most recent fight, he was coming in at 240. Well, that, and that's extreme, and that would play into what Rashad said. And look, I think that's a real thing. We're seeing it with Michael Chiesa right now as a welterweight. He's just like a machine. He's huge. When you're depleting yourself so obscenely, and with his height, you get why Latifi would want to do that. He's got height issues at 205. What about heavyweight? But I don't know, dude. If, like... 
this is a live fight because Derek Lewis can be outworked. He can be, I mean, if he can take, if Latifi can take the beast down, he can pull on that gas tank. He, you know, Lewis will give you the avenues to beat him. It's just, it's just up to you to not run into something ultimately. Right. Uh, let's get on the record here. This is about picks. This is about holding your place on this expert pick show. Brandon, I mean, are you going to be with me next time when we're breaking down UFC 248 when it's Adi Sanya time against Joel or not? What's your pick? Beefy, Black Beast. Yeah, I'm going Black Beast. I I need to see it from Latifi. I need to see him pull the upset before I can actually pick him to, to win a fight at heavyweight. Yep. I, I trust Derek here. Hometown fight. He's going to have a lot of support. He's going to get a lot of rub before that fight even starts from the crowd. I just... I. There's, there's no way to not pick him. He, get, he might get rubbed from more than just the crowd, bro. All the training and all the sex I've been getting. Yeah, my body ain't some time um, I love the hipster argument you can make for Latifi to be competitive, but Lewis hits like a freaking truck, and Latifi's been stopped a couple times in a row. I like Derek Lewis as well. We move on to a fight you have identified as your must-watch, the one you want to see, the one you need to see, a nice little featherweight clash between Mursad Bektik, the damn septic tank, who can be a little hit or miss, but has shown, you know, his ceiling is potentially high against a guy who's on a hell of a run. Four fight win streak for Dan Ige. Rashad loves him some Ige. Brandon, what do you like about the style matchup in here? Because you love this kind of ish. Yeah, I mean, Mursad is a such a pressure fighter who just wants to get in your face and brawl with you. Whereas Ige likes to stay on the outside, try to set up those monster power shots to go for knockouts. That's why he's 4-1 in those last five fights, like you mentioned. And the odds kind of reflect that. I mean, Mursad is coming in as a minus-140 favorite against Ige, which is a little bit surprising given that Ige's on this run and Bektik is coming off of the loss against Josh Emmett. I, I like this fight. I like... The style matchup, I think that if Bektik takes this to the ground, this gets really interesting because you get to see what Ige can wrestle, if Ige can wrestle or not. And Bektik, we all know, is like the Eastern European factory over there <laughs> where he just keeps coming forward and with pressure. Um, I Yeah, I really like Bektik here. I, for some reason, I, I just think he's able to slow down Ige's pressure. He's going to be able to get inside. He's going to take his legs away. He's going to just... Cr- I think this is going to be one of those... Uh, lay and pray, not lay and pray, but just dominate with his wrestling and score a, a late decision and just kind of coast into his next fight. This is the division, though, that your boy, uh, uh, Brett Okamoto keeps saying is going to be the hottest division in 2020. He thinks one of all, it's Brett Okamoto. Thank you. Okamoto says that it's going to be the hottest division in 2020, that there's so much to gain, there's so many fun not fights to make that it might actually jump over lightweight. First of all, I got a couple things to say. Number one, <laughs> According to Ioana, Brett Okamoto is the best-looking journalist in all of them. I, mean, I really can't argue with that necessarily, though. A boogie Woman is coming tomorrow. Um, number two, Brett Okamoto, I'll vouch for him as a person. In this, in this sport, in this business of cutthroat a-holes, Brandon, that guy's solid. Uh, he might be right. Featherweight's wild, and you look at Bechtick. I mean, what are his two losses since he became a thing, since he joined the UFC in 2014? That fight against Damaged Darian Wildcard Elkins. The damage. The damage in which he was winning and should have won and gave up, you know, essentially the walk-off home run loss. And, of course, Brandon, that second loss was sort of an understandable knockout in July in a very tough fight against Josh Emmett. Emmett needed that win. But a guy like Bechtick, I don't know. You know, I can see him one day fighting for a title. I can also see him as a guy who will win twice, lose once, win twice, lose once. 
And I think when it comes to this fight, he needs it. Ige's going to have moments. He's going to prove himself legit. But I like Bektik to get the win. That's my pick. I'm going on record, brother. Yeah, I, I mean, Bektik's pressure is going to be so pivotal in this fight that it's going to be a matter of if Ige is able to catch him, really, because that's really what we've seen in his two losses is that he just gets caught in really weird positions and he gets caught with those heavy hands that knock him out. And unless Ige is able to do that, I just don't really think Ige has the game to beat Bektik in this fight. Indeed, indeed. If you're listening and wondering the change in audio quality, oh, God, we had a hell of a run here. This guy, Brandon Wise, and all. We're recording this podcast over separate days, separate locations. Things happen, things dropped. I know you don't care, okay? But this Ige, this Hawaiian, all right, Brandon? He's looked good in the UFC, 4-1, and one, not counting that Dana White Contender Series win. Uh, no stoppage, just one stoppage. In terms of a TKO, though, this is his chance, though. This is his chance to let us know he's for real. Man, you know, you're right. This matchup may end up winning out in the end. We're both going Bectic, though. So we'll see who ends up sitting in this chair. I know I'm sitting in this chair next week, Brandon Wise. I hope you are, too. But people are coming for you. They're coming for that throne, bro. I think if you finish last, you shouldn't be able to do the expert pick show that week. Maybe I'll just host it. Maybe I'll just be the expert host, <laughs> all right? Okay? Yeah, all right. Let's do it. Maybe I'll just sit there drinking, you know what I'm saying, and making comments, and you can be all I like. I think you should shut, shut up. You're embarrassing yourself right now. Are, are you still drunk right now? Are you still drunk? Oh, yes. What, what's no. going on? Yes, no, but drunk. I got to go. What is going on with him? I'm going to go have a Your beer. voice is kind of, you, what, what is happening with you? My God, are you are you LT? Are you okay? Is it is up, uh, up here? Is it hey, you hey, get hey, hit too much or what? Hey, hey. God, GSP's the worst trash talker. You. He's just the worst. I remember <laughs> he wore jorts that time when he got when he all got up and met. He was his face. All right, we got to roll on here. I can't be here all day. Heavyweight bout next. If you like it extra sloppy, Brandon, this is for you. You heard Rashad and I break this down during the ultimate preview. Uh, I have no idea why this fight is in this spot. Juan Adams, fresh off of two defeats, six foot five. He's a banger. He's fun. He's charismatic. But he couldn't get past Greg Hardy, and he's being elevated to this opportunity against Justin Taffa. Tell me the odds, and tell me what I should know about Taffa. Should I pull my Taffa? What am I? What's going on here? I need you to be able to say things with the correct pronunciations. It's Taffa, not Taffa. Well, I, um, you know, I come from a factory town. Our pronunciations are very mixed based on. Polish and Irish backgrounds merging together, all right? Mm -mm, sure. I'm sure that's what it is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw some more culturalness in your face right now since you told me how much you hated the Super Bowl halftime show this week. Doesn't mean uh, I'm racist, this fight, Brandon. Okay? Doesn't mean I'm a racist, <laughs> bro, all right? This fight is mierda, and I have no idea why it's here either. These two guys are both coming off of really bad losses where they got knocked out badly. Jorgen DeCastro sent Justin Taffa to hell a few pay-per-views ago, and like you said, Juan Adams got knocked out by Greg Hardy after getting hit in the head about 57 times, I think. Um, Adams is a favorite. He's 2-1 to one favorite, minus 200 to, to uh, Tafa's plus 160. I have no idea what to expect from this fight. Like, honestly, they're both, like, knockout or be knocked out type fighters, so maybe that's what you're hoping for here is just to see some crazy, fun heavyweight action that lasts maybe 
two minutes I'm going <laughs> and then for, somebody dies. Look, like how you win the picks battle every year. And by the way, I won in 2019. Just a reminder to anyone out there. You got to take chances, Brandon. Okay. You took a chance by trying to talk Spanish on this show. It was like prime triple G. Buenas noches, amigos. Buenas noches, papa. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to go with the upset here. Justin Taffa. 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 Because I'm sorry, Juan Adams, he ain't got it, bro. All right? It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be a banger. Uh, You know, you'd think someone's going to knock each other out. But if this goes 15, it's going to be gross. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I am actually taking Taffa as well. Uh, I like Juan Adams. I think his size is interesting for the division, given his just build. But I, I don't know. This is a toss-up. I like you said. You got to go upsets in these games, and I like Tafa more, just for whatever reason. To break ties in this game, we're doing here on Expert Picks. I think we should pick the uh, the the super undercard matches. We won't go public with our picks, but uh, the you know. super undercard match. You mean the prelims? Yeah, I can't wait to hear who you got in this uh, <laughs> Journey Newsome Domingo Pilarte fight. Anyway, we roll on to the co-main event. It is a title bout: Women's Flyweight Championship, third defense. For the great Valentina Shevchenko, and she really is, Brandon, against Caitlin Chukagian. I respect Caitlin. She's got an awkward style. She's tall, high volume. She trains with the right people. If you watch the UFC countdown show, she's there with John Danaher and Henzo Gracie's gym. She's there on the Long Island with the crew that we know very well out there. But Brandon, she lost to Jessica I three fights ago by split decision, and that's not like a scarlet letter. But it just kind of shows you where the rest of this division is after Shevchenko. They're all kind of like, okay, all right. They all trade losses to together, which is going to tell you that they ain't that good. And the thing is, Shevchenko's friggin' great. So tell me how far away the odds are here for Chukagian and try to give our gamblers, the people that like to take chances, something to believe in with KC. Man, it's so tough. Like, when you look at these odds, these are, like, pretty close to what Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm odds were. They're minus – she's 10 to 1 favorite, minus 1,000 to Chukagian's plus 650 if you're at MGM. And, man, it, you give me the argument. Like, I, I have nothing here. I, I don't see a path to victory. To me, what I'm hoping to see is for her to go Jessica I in there, just go straight for a, a headshot of some sort, just throw caution to the wind, and get countershot KO'd because that's the most entertaining way for this fight to end. Not to be a Liz Carmouche fight where it's fifteen, where it's 25 minutes of lay and pray. We're not going to do anything. I don't trust you to not knock me out here. No, go for it. Make Shevchenko into the counter-striking artist that she is, and hopefully the under hits because – I have no idea what the prop bets on this fight are, if it's over under like four and a half rounds, but I would take the under just because I don't see how Chukagian survives 25 minutes in there with Valentina. I'm going to actually only counter you on that one point about the under. Carmouche survived because she she played the spoiler role. She she didn't try to win. She she tried to survive. And and I don't want to say Shevchenko let her because I'll give Valentina this credit, Brandon. She didn't go for broke trying to finish that fight, but she came forward. She tried her best. I think there's an avenue for Chukagian to survive but Brandon she's got to be completely ineffective to do that I mean she's going to be partially ineffective with her length but she's also she's just got to give away the fight if she wants to go the distance that might be in play but that might be the only way you can win any kind of money if you're going to bet something positive for Chukagian here uh how about this 
Wikipedia says she's of Armenian descent. So is Edmund Tarverdian, Brandon. Do you see head movement here? You see, uh, no, 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 no. What are uh, you doing? I, I, you know, I went down. I, I got off an exit. Uh, you know, it was dark. You know, it was dangerous. Or something. I didn't want to be there anymore. I turned around. All right. Uh, yeah. The, look, it's going to be a Shevchenko win. The only question will be how early, how dominant. She's better than Caitlin in every category at every turn. And she's got that championship, you know, demeanor and heart behind her. Uh, would you rather be locked in an elevator for 10 hours, Brandon, with no cameras, with Valentina or Antonina Shevchenko? Your choice. Um, all right. Hey, that, that's, right. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was great. Was, yeah, you know, I, good talk. Good talk. I, I think I, we're I, done with the show I, now. I love you for really making that segment better. That's great. Thank you, know? you for joining us, man. Yeah. I love you. All right, uh, we're both going Shevchenko, correct, Brandon? Yes. All right, we go to the main event. It is John Jones. It is unbeaten Dom Reyes. Very equal in size here. They're both volume strikers who prefer to do stuff on their feet. We laid out with Rashad why Dom Reyes is very much a live underdog here. How much have the odds changed, Brandon, from when they kicked off? And has Reyes done or said anything in this build, I don't know, to to give you a little bit more confidence? They're still about the same. He was 5-1 to one favorite when it opened up, and it's now like plus 480 for John. And Dom is about plus 320, I think, if you're looking at the MGM odds. Dom, I mean, to, to me, there's nothing that was going to be said during this week that would change my mind if I'm a gambler. Like, nothing is going to resonate really to me to the point where it's like, Oh, no, that makes sense, actually. He's he's found something in his game that he's seen on tape or whatever. Like, there's to me, that's never going to change my mind when it comes into a fight like this. The thing that would change my mind would be how John looks when they see each other. Because they actually just had the uh, stare downs at Media Day today. And it, it was pretty peaceful. You know, they, they, they stared pretty long and hard into each other's eyes for about 20 seconds. And I didn't see anything. I mean, Dom, as he said in his, uh, his pre-fight media obligations he doesn't feel anything he doesn't feel that that ideological feel of oh man this is the greatest of all time i'm about to fight it's just another fight for him and if you want to go off of that logic and you want to say john jones might have peaked already you know it's really tough to stay on top in sports no matter what sport you're in for nine years as a champion fighting the best of the best of the best of the best every single time you step into the octagon or in any other sport. And to do it for nine years the way that John Jones has, at some point, you have to be like, is he on the decline? Can he really keep doing this at this high of a level against the best fighters in, a, in not a small weight class either, against dudes who have power at 205? You know, it, at some point, that, that dam has to break. No, indeed. Uh, I could counter you and mention the, the two lengthy layoffs due to the USADA suspensions that may have re-energized John or kept him younger. I could also tell you he's a hard partier and we've got a history of that. And he's got a legendary chin. Like no one talks about this so much. You know, you look at the intangibles of why John Jones is still on top. His chin, Brandon, go back and watch the Tiago Santos fight. Watch the, the early second round against Machida. Watch that sneaky time Rashad rocked him. I mean, watch the Gustafson fight. The guy's got an insane beard. So where I write 
pre-fight stories. You can check me out on CBSSports.com this week, sort of identifying that, look, Dom Reyes is a live dog here. But he's a live dog on the level that Jones will allow him in terms of the whole idea of playing not to lose, you know, being a GSP point fighter like he was at the end of his career, or just going back to being John Jones the aggressor. If he's John Jones the aggressor, I think he finishes and wins. But you're saying, look, at 32 with that kind of mileage, facing that kind of level of competition, partying outside for certain years at that level, is he older than 32 in terms of MMA years? It's an interesting question here, Brandon. Is he more efficient these days because he wants to be or because he needs to be, right? Floyd Mayweather was great in the second half of his career, but he even had to get to more of a one-punch-at-a-time style to offset the fact that he couldn't fight three minutes at that insane pace. Everyone's got to make slight changes, but, you know, Brandon, there's just as many people who will say, considering John's drug history, that, you know, maybe with the harsher drug testing now and USADA that he's not the same because of that reason. A lot of people point to that OSP fight in 2016 where he was just so human and he didn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to label it, but I think it's fair to say he's not the John Jones who beat Hua. He's not the, the Machida version, the Bader version, the Rashad and Rampage version. I don't think you can be that guy. That guy was supernatural. But does he have enough in who he is at 32 to win this fight fairly easily if he wants to, Brandon? Is that more on John or more on what Dom Reyes is hiding under that hood? I think it's on John. I, I really do. Um, it's going to take John taking an unnecessary risk for Dom to have an opportunity, I feel like, because how else does Dom control this fight? You know, like does Dom isn't going to be the longer guy here. He's not going to be able to control that octagon with his jab or with his kicks. John will. Dom is going to have to do something unique and present a challenge to John that John hasn't seen in a while. To me, to me, I want to see Dom just go in there and just go for the legs, try to take this immediately to the ground and let's just go from there. Because I don't think you're winning a point fight with John if you're going to stand up and trade with him. See, I fear for John that we have another Tiago Santos incident where he is too content putting around and going for the points win. And maybe that opens the door for a young, hungry, volume striker like Dom Reyes. But then again, we haven't seen Dom Reyes in these big five-round battles. We haven't seen, does he have the championship-level stamina in Chan? I mean, he does have a lot to prove. And all those things, to me point towards a John Jones victory. That's my official pick. And I actually think this end up ends up looking a lot like the second Gustafson fight. The best thing John can do to humble Dom early is, is kick him a lot and hurt him to the legs and really sort of slow down and mess with the type of bold pace that Dom probably wants to set. Obviously, if Dom could land something big early to to regain control of the dictation of the terms, that's always what you want to do against somebody better than you. But that's saying a lot, man. I mean, I'll give my hat to credit. He was ballsy. He landed big early. He he accomplished that. Can Dom accomplish that? I don't know. You got John Jones now saying that Santos is the toughest challenge, three times better in his mind than he thinks Dom Reyes will be. I don't know if that's true, though, Brandon, but I think this is John Jones's fight to, even if he wants to be a little bit more calculated than we want, if he chips away and if he wrestles, bro, he could wear this kid out and he could he could submit him. I, I think if I'm taking any kind of bet, if I was out in 
Jersey online or in Vegas, I'm trying to bet a submission win here for John Jones. I think this is that type of fight. Wear this guy down, take him into deep waters, hit him from every angle, take him down, choke him out. Yeah, I mean, my my prediction, prediction which you can find on Sportsline.com, by the way, I'm a new uh, expert on that website. Um, Sportsline.com, that's a CBS-owned affair right there. Yeah, it is. Great uh, place to get betting uh, tips, right? I'm going to give my main event prediction on that site here now. I'm picking a unanimous decision just because of those reasons that you laid out before that I just don't see him taking any risk in this fight. I think, you know, what's funny is that we talk about the Conor McGregor, like conspiracy theories all the time and where, what the UFC actually wants to do with him versus what is actually happening. I don't know why we don't do that with John Jones. I know that it's a lot because he has like kind of dismissed these talks about moving to heavyweight or fighting Israel Adesanya. But wouldn't it make sense here for him to lose this fight and then move up to heavyweight? Because uh, he would then be he would be then ceding the crown finally to the young lions and saying, you know what, it's my time to go and prove that I'm better than everybody else at, at heavyweight too. I mean, I you know, is that a uh, a perfect storm for the UFC because it, it it crowns Dom Reyes as this next thing to build around? Yeah, but John Jones is too much of a competitor. Should he have lost this? Should he have lost by DQ to Anthony Smith that time? He would have run it right back and win it, and that's what what would probably happen here. I don't know. We'd have to again. We're gonna have to see how good Dom Reyes is, but I think John would come back, win that, then leave. We'll see how it plays out. We're both going Jones. Uh, I think we have the same picks, Brandon, on this main card. You played it, you know. You played it safe, okay? You're you're fighting to you're fighting to keep that chair. You're trying to hope that tie goes to the runner in the end, and you stay on there. I respect that. All right, Brandon, we're gonna close the show with a new segment I have called "Fill in the Blank." Five questions. You don't know what's coming your way. I want you to answer them. I'll let you know whether that answer is good enough or not. Number one. We're talking about that great legacy John Jones is building. He's 32 years old. He's already the GOAT. Could you imagine what would happen if he became the heavyweight champion too? I mean, look, we're talking we're talking about really padding that 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 GOAT ship. But what is the John Jones's most impressive win to date has come against blank? Mm, man. I gotta say it's probably Rashad, right? Like Wow! I did, whoa! I didn't see this answer coming. Speak it. Speak it. <laughs> Just given the 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 animosity that was there between them leading into that fight, the learning from your elders like mentality that John had going into that, and the 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 coaching that he had from Rashad, and then beating your not idol but your your mentor in this sport, like. That's a tough task to do, man. Ask your boy uh, Israel Adesanya how that went when he fought uh, Anderson Silva last year, how difficult that was to actually put somebody like that away because you have so much respect for the guy. And he went out there and he beat him. And to me, that's, that speaks volumes to where, where he was as a fighter at that time. Wow, interesting pick because it, it went the full five rounds. Obviously, Rashad was tough. He hurt him sneakily in that uh, as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to put that answer down by any means. I love me some Rashad Evans, and he had plans that night. And you will skip to my loo. 
All right, all right. He didn't end up skipping there. But uh, look, I think a lot of people would throw out the Shogun who will win in 2011 when he won his first title because of the fr- – I mean, dude, he kicked the shit out of Shogun Hua. I mean, like he like like I I was wondering at that if who who was just going to retire at that point. Obviously, he's still go he's still brawling today. But like I mean, he he beat the ghost out of that body. You talk about arriving. Um, the scariest I think he ever looked was against Leo de Machito, without question. The way that he submitted him and destroyed him. But I think his best win, pound for pound, top to bottom, is the first Daniel Cormier fight, UFC 182, January 2015, and it's because I think Cormier. And, you know, and that version of him in that fight really was, you know, you're talking about another guy in that GOAT conversation, a champ champ, a guy with unique qualities at light heavyweight. Yeah, that went the distance. They both had some moments. That's a quality-ass win. I'm going to pick the Cormier fight, Brandon. But there's no wrong answers here unless you were like, hey, remember that time he beat Matyshenko, the janitor? Yeah, that was, that was great. That was great. I would just say that that obviously that and the, the first Gustafson fight are the, like, the more popular answers because the Gustafson fight, he got injured and he was bloody for the first time. And we actually thought there for a minute, Oh man, he might lose this fight. So I get why you would go either that or the Cormier fight. But to me that the Rashad win just meant so much more. And the second Cormier fight, if it was an official win, uh, that, that might be his best win. I mean, to head kick a, a hungrier, more focused Cormier, uh, the second time around was pretty crazy. Number two, Brandon blank is the only fighter on the planet right now who might someday have a chance to beat Valentina Shevchenko at 125 pounds. And you have to give an answer. I will go with Jojo Calderwood. Whoa, why? Why? (laughs) Why are you so surprised by all of my answers today? Um, Stand up for yourself. What do you got? I think that she has the well-rounded game, even though she might not be better in any field than Valentina currently. I think she's the person who has the ability to develop her skills the most to give Valentina the most trouble. I don't think that anybody's going to beat her, but I'm saying Jojo to me would be the person who could give her the most trouble. All right. No love for my girl, Montana De La Rosa. No, nothing there. Nothing. No, no, that's your girl. All right. Indeed. Uh, My answer is Macy Barber. She's look, Roxanne exposed a lot in her, and she's got a lot to learn. She's still like, what, like 21? I mean, the thing is, I think you're going to have to have power to have a chance to be Valentina. I mean, look, you got to, you got to uh, maybe not knock her out, but you certainly have to shift the, the you got to shift the stakes in the fight. You know, why has Amanda Nunez been able to do it? Well, she hits hard. She walks you down. She's accurate. You got to be able to have that physicality. Macy, I think, is the only person with the foundation to do it. I was hoping you were going to wild card me, though, Brandon. And go, and go and go Antonina, you know, because oh, older God. sister. No, the older sibling, Brandon, always has a one up. You wouldn't know because you're an only child. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I thought you were going to say Roxanne Montefiore there. Oh, no, I wouldn't know because I, my I have an older sibling, but it's a sister. She's got nothing on me. But, you know, that older the older brother or sister always has that extra one up on the younger one. Right. That dirty move. They can they could fish hook and eyeball something you maybe Antonina's got that maybe I don't think Macy Barber has any ground game and I think that if Valentina fought her that she would just destroy her on the ground just that's my take that's fair that's fair all right number three fill in the blank here Brandon the UFC heavyweight champion of the world on January 1st 2021 will be blank man oh 
I'm going with Stipe still. I still think Stipe. Go ahead. No, keep going. You, it's your show, Brandon. You won. Oh, okay? it's my show now. You're in the chair. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't think John actually fights him at heavyweight this year. I think that that gets pushed off until 2021 for some reason. I think John's going to end up fighting again at light heavyweight just because he likes to mess with people. So I don't, I just don't see that fight happening this year. And I think Stipe, if he does fight. Probably fights Francis again. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who he fights this year if he does fight. But I think if he still has the belt on him, it's Stipe is the champion. Interesting. I think if if they do the trilogy with Cormier this summer, uh, obviously either side can win. They split the fights up to this point. I think Cormier is the better fighter. I think he wins that. The question then for me comes down to will John fight at heavyweight by the end of this year? I don't know, dude. Him making that comment on the teleconference this week about wanting to fight in Australia in the passive-aggressive way that he constantly talks about your boy Adesanya with – or I'm sorry, my guy Adesanya, the fighter of the year last year uh, without – and then suddenly it's like, wait, wait. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to give him shine. Bro, you just gave him like 20 minutes, all right? You gave him like your last 15 tweets. You're lusting for this. You want this, okay? All right? If that happens, you know, maybe not. But uh, I'm going to say John Jones. John Jones will be your heavyweight champion on January 1st, 2021. All right, number four, Brandon. After Boogie Woman, okay? After you want a young J-check, okay? The MMA Fighters Instagram account that you personally spend the longest time peeping in your free time is blank. What is the real question here? That is. That's the one written in front of me. It's my. It's my that's... show, Brandon. Okay, it's my show. All right. All right. Boogie Woman is coming tomorrow, and she doesn't know what's coming. What do you got? What do you got? Megan Anderson. Oh, oh, oh! Interesting. He's just a tattoo guy. All right. Just admiring the art and watching the training updates. I totally understand that. Okay, that's mm-hmm. great. That's great. I thought you were gonna say, uh, uh, what's the chick with the fake Brazilian accent? You know who I'm talking about. Mackenzie Dern. Yes, the fighting mother, Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> there. All right, all right. Um, thank you, Boogie Woman, for for supplying. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna get off this question. There's no nothing good can come to that. Number five, Brandon, fill in the blank. You know Rashad Evans. You know that guy who does some time on this show. Rashad Evans is next and possible final fight to his Hall of Fame career will come under the promotional flag of blank. Risen. Oh, no. Gross. That means, <laughs> it, that means it'd be a no drug testing fight. It'd be probably against like, uh, no, no. You really, Mirko Krokov. <laughs> oh, God. Might as well just let him come in with weapons, right? He's, just got, he's got the steel knuckles underneath his gloves. Um, we ask Rashad this question often. He brings up one a lot, bro. Like, I would think Bellator would be automatic. But I wonder, I love how we're talking about Rashad right now behind his back. I wonder, though, if in his mind, because he still works with the UFC, if he's thinking, like, if I go to Bellator, it's a little bit of a double cross. Maybe I don't want to burn the bridge. If I go somewhere overseas, like Risen, like one, out of sight, out of mind, maybe not that much of a big deal. Um... I'm going to go with one as my choice. All right. I'll, I just tell him, though, stay away from TRT Belfort. Stay the hell away. It's his training partner, dude. Good. Stay away. Uh, do you <laughs> do you have any uh, dream fight for him to close his career? I mean, I'd love a Machida rematch under Bellator. I just don't know what's going to happen, you know? 
there's nothing left to prove, man. All right, maybe he can fight. I, your I don't want to. Do you want to? Do you seriously? Do you want to see him fight one more time, lose, and end his fight, his career on a six-fight losing streak? No, I don't. I don't. The guy's ripped, though. What do you do with that, Brandon? The guy's like ripped. Go out to the clubs. He's a married man. Get off his back. All right. You're the one telling him to do something with it. All right. All right. Thank you, Brandon, for filling in the blanks. Thank you for checking out our expert picks edition ahead of UFC 247. Folks, enjoy the fights this weekend. Late Saturday, early Sunday, of course, we're going to hit you up instant analysis style as soon as the pay-per-view goes off the air. Will we have a new king at 205 or will the John Jones era continue? No more dick pills, right? Absolutely, Johnny boy. Absolutely. Check out our extended preview with Rashad Evans on Wednesday's State of Combat podcast. Also a boxing episode this week. Sorry, pro wrestling fans. We're out of that business at the moment. Brandon Wise, uh, people can follow you at BY65, right? Brandon Wise65. All right. All right. Uh, okay. You know, um, you got any message for your <laughs> you've only You've only known my Twitter account for like three years, but you still can't get it right. Okay. Uh, it's, well, I mean, you, you know, I don't know anyone's cell phone number outside of my wife. You know, I just hit the button, right? I don't, you know what I'm saying? Just click the button, bro. Right? How do I do a show with you every week? Because you're rock hard with emotion right now, okay? You've got a phoner. <laughs> you're fired the heck up, right? Uh, that's it. That's the show. Follow us at State of Combat. For Brandon Weiss, it's your boy BC reminding you to get bent in 2020. And I got two more words for you. We out. <laughs>